Hi, Neil Brennan. This is the Blocks Podcast. I should have waited 10 seconds to start the intro, but I started. I'm still chewing gum. And my guest today, let me tell you about my guest today. I'm still uh, winded. That's what your guest yeah, is. Yeah, well, you yeah, didn't tell me it was on the third winded. floor and it's there's no the elevator, floor. but that's okay. Let's just. We've got. Uh, He's so heavy. He breathes heavy. It's because there's three, three flights of stairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, you're, back in our day, we used to call it Husky. Right? Husky. Okay. Yes. I'll go with that. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's, I'm a little out of breath. My guest today is a lot out of breath. It's it's from the steps, but it could be from all of his accomplishments. Listen to me. He's been doing comedy since you were 15, 16? I guess officially since I was technically 21. Okay. Or, so or 20. 20 no, since I was you, when were old. you on all that? All that when I was 20, about 21, 22. Okay. So around there. So I'm, I thought you were younger. I, lo- I look really young. I had braces and, you know, I've always had this this nice complexion and my chubby cheeks. And I always had those uh, kid-like features. You know, in the future, let other people compliment you? Sorry. And then you go, oh, is that true? But you were you were nice. You told me what to say. He's had he's always had kid like features. Uh, really nice complexion, nice smile, good energy. Um, you've been popular as far as I'm concerned for 20 years. And uh, I saw you do a show with Chappelle in 2004, and you fucking murdered uh, that outdoor radio thing in the Bay Area. The Wild 94 uh, Comedy Jam, yeah. Yes, you destroyed. It was the first time a friend of mine, Bajan, had seen a Spanish punchline for a Spanish audience. And it was like, he was like, "What? what's happening? Because when, you, when you're speaking English and then you go into a Spanish punchline, it f- destroys. White redneck? I'll tell you what. Mexican redneck? Sabes que wey? I've never done. I don't speak any Spanish except for Babel. <laughs> my my point is Gabe Iglesias. Everybody, Gabe Iglesias. He's got uh, multiple Netflix. This is the last one was in Dodger Stadium. Two shows at Dodger Stadium. True. Yes. I feel like I've shut you down when I told you not compliment yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to get yelled at, man. No, I know. I yell at you. Uh, Gabe Iglesias, uh, I was saying before we started rolling, when I saw Victor Webanyama, the basketball player, 7'6", can shoot, can dribble, that's how I felt when I saw you do stand-up. I was like, wow, this guy has can do voices. You're going to get it. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> Incredibly lovable, uh, can write jokes. You have so many gifts, so congrats. And you've been, how long have you been doing arenas? 10 years, 15 years? Uh, the arena thing is uh, coming up on 10. Yeah, you gonna do an anniversary or anything? No, no, I'm just happy I'm still working. Yes, there you go, yeah, that's the spirit. It's a daily celebration. Do you feel that way? Do uh, you feel, are you one of those people who is, you, it's great, gratitude is easy. Well, gratitude is easy because I know that I'm not supposed to be here according to everybody's, you know, rules or whatever. Uh, so every day that I get to do it is, is okay. Like I am when you for say it. that, because I say as somebody who knows comedy pretty well, like when I saw you, I was like, oh man, this guy's got a lot of talent. What do other people say? Uh, well, you know, when you say that, because I it, it speaks to the, how we all have this inner monologue of like they never believed in me, and then uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'll add another show at Dodger Stadium, but the haters. <laughs> well, I think you do, first of all, I think you do need haters. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to have a different perspective, uh, but every day I am uh, I am very grateful because nowadays you never know uh, what's you know uh, tomorrow's not 
promised and yeah. whether it's health or whether it's the career or whether it's woke culture, whether it's, you know, you never know. The aliens are showing up. You don't know yeah. what's going to happen in Russia. So every single day is is very much a, a blessing and I am grateful to still be doing this. And it's this. easy to get to. You're not just saying that. That's not lip service. That's like really. No, it's very, it's genuine. I mean, it's like, you know, this is year 26 for me. And uh, to be in show business for a year, much less 26, is not something that, you know, uh, it comes easy. Uh, so the gratitude and, and just being uh, appreciative of everything that's happened is very real because, yeah, um, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. Who is supposed to be here? Who is supposed to be here? In my eyes, everybody who is, uh, is supposed to be here, I guess, is here. Uh, <laughs> right, but <who've> had those. <laughs> no, but those... you're here also. Yes, yes, I am. But I guess because I've always been the, uh, you know, the 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 Mexican kid from the rough neighborhood of seeing, you know, my mom. It was just my mom, no dad in the picture. There was a, you know, welfare section eight where we're dealing with all these other things, and so to be able to navigate through all of that and eventually get to a place where I could uh, put myself in a position to follow a dream and pursue it enough to actually make it happen. Uh, that was, you know, I feel like I had a lot more obstacles just to get to the starting line. Just from like growing up the way yes. you grew up. Are you uh, only child or you got brothers? Uh, last of six. Oh, youngest of six. Great. Yeah. I'm also the youngest. Youngest apparently are. Uh, it's the best. Good at comedy. It's the best. Like, statistically. Uh, it is. Well, do you have the thing? I have a couple of observations about the youngest. You can see how you're going to age. Where you're like, oh, I got to pay attention to my uh, my jawline or whatever because I have ten. Well, my my siblings had a different dad, so uh... oh, you don't have a. All right, I have this. <laughs> Sorry, so, yeah, I'm aging differently. I've seen yeah. how they look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Genetics. Yeah. All right, good. And then, but you also were they around? Uh, you know what? They were already grown up and out of the house by the time I showed up. There's about a 14 year gap between my sister and myself. So you're kind of an only child. Kind of an only child. So yeah, they would just pop in and like look around and see that I had the room, and they're like, "Oh, look at you! You got your own room." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing." Yeah, but I guess they were all you know sharing back. Well, in. you also want to say like, "Hey, I'm still very poor. <laughs> I did, I do have my own room." Where it's like older brothers and sisters are like. They think you have a great, and it's like, yeah, but there's still the same obstacles you had. Like, like, how can you shit on me? But it's because they, you know, yeah. Uh, I guess it's that whole sibling. Well, uh, I know that with them, they they had it very different than I did, and they like to remind me that I was had it worse it, for them. Apparently, because they would say you had a different mom than we did. Oh, I'm like, well, sorry. And they're like, you got to stay home and go to school. We had to go to school in Mexico. I'm like. Ooh, yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah. Why do they have to go to school in Mexico? <laughs> There's a whole long story behind that. Uh, but yeah, I got to go to public school and they were shipped off to Mexico to go to school over there. You're one of the few people who went to LA public schools and it's like- Public schools, yeah. And, and I thought back. it was bad until, yeah, they started telling me, yeah, at least you didn't go to school in Mexico. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> okay. And clearly there's still some bitterness there, but yeah, I was the favorite, Neil. I was. You were the favorite. I was the favorite child. I definitely was. Well, you were always probably pretty charismatic, right? Well, or whatever, likable. I think that I just, I wasn't a dick. And so if my mom was to tell me something, I wouldn't question it. I would just do it. There was a couple of times, you know, when I, I remember, I remember giving her attitude and the, my mom would just kind of give me a certain look and, and kind of like make it, give me the mama bear. I'm going to, you know, pin you a, next to a tree and freaking beat your ass. And uh, I never challenged her. I just, I knew that she had it in her and I just like, all right, I got in line. Were you quick. Catholic? You know, what's funny is that my mom, well, my si uh, my siblings all went to Catholic school in Mexico 
And uh, my mom herself, I don't know what her actual faith was because, and this is crazy, because every form of religion was represented in the house, uh, but I wasn't, uh, I was never you know, taken to church. I was never taught anything from the Bible. So for example, in the house, you'd see pictures of the Virgin Mary on the wall. You'd see crucifixes over the doorways. There'd be Ganesh figures uh, in the house, Buddhas. Um, my mom wore a star of David around her neck and she would light all kinds of different candles. And when you're a little kid and you see this, you don't, you don't see nothing wrong with it. You don't know to question it. And it wasn't until years now later. Now you know you got to pick one. Well, <laughs> and you got to really fight everybody. <laughs> yeah. So my mom never, uh, she never, you know, got me into church and she never told me to pray. She never taught me how to, you know, any of that. It was just be good, be nice to people and, and they'll be nice to you. That how does she very, explain it? I never asked the question about all the, the figures. I just thought there were cool little things around the house. You know, yeah. like I had Transformers and my mom had a Buddha and a Ganesh. It was like, that's her thing, you know, and she had candles. Ganesh and... makes it sound Jewish. I think it's Ganesh. I apologize. Ganesh. Jew. It, Ganesh sounds like something like delicious. A, like a dish. Like, yeah. yeah, it does. Um, that's a, it, she sounds like someone she did have, well, who would oh, bet on every, on both teams in the Super Bowl. Yeah, c cover the spread. <laughs> yeah, like, just like <laughs> let's see how we can. She was very much into a lot of things, but she never she never got me into any of them. And so that's why when, uh, you know, growing up, whenever I'd have friends, hey, you want to come with me to you know come to our church or this or that, I'm like, wow, that's uh, you know I don't really do that, uh, but sure, you know, I've I've gone to f several different types of uh, churches to just see what it was like. But I was like, okay, no, I'm good. Here's a, this is a kind of a broad question. How did you, because I think the point of uh, raising kids with religion is they get like a moral framework. How did you build a moral framework independent of church, religion, faith? I'm just curious because I don't know many people who didn't, who didn't grow up with one. The fact that my mom was very, very uh, involved in my life. And I don't just mean like, oh, you know, she, uh, she was a mom and, and fed me and took me to school and, and, and said, you know, take your vitamins and stuff like that. I mean, daily. Um, I would spend a lot of time talking to my mom and she would tell me stories about her growing up. And of course, the neighborhood that we were, the neighborhood we were in was, was not a, a pleasant one. Uh, there was always shootings. There was, you know, the neighbor, I was... The neighbor was always bullying me. And so it was one of those things where my mom had a, like, well, this person's this way. This person's that way. You should be like this and give me examples of people in the neighborhood who had uh, good personalities. And you could tell they were just nice, genuine yeah. people. But there was always that comparison. This person's nice. This person's not nice. And they were right in front of you because it was that kind of neighborhood. Right. So I think that's where I got a lot of the this is the comparisons and. Just my mom, too. She was always very nice. She was kind to people. Was mom 1.0 the other mom before you came along? Was she nice? <laughs> oh, whoever my mom was before I came into the picture, I don't know because that's the mom that sent her kids to Mexico. But I don't know what the whole story is. <laughs> right. I don't know what, you know, because I've never wanted to ask because I feel like if you open a certain door, you got to prepare yourself for all the bullshit that comes with it. Yeah. And I'd rather, I like peace. I yeah. really do. So I'd rather not, you know, I'm, I'm okay not knowing because that's before my time and it doesn't sure, affect your business. That's so funny. Mom 1.0. Yeah. She's still sick. with you? No, unfortunately, my mom passed away about 11 years ago. Oh, sorry about that. Because um, I was going to say, it sounds like I would be prying, but you've seen this podcast. I like to pry. So um, your disposition seems like you want to please people. And Always. Do Okay. Your first block that 
that that you've sent in uh, is managing expectations. Now, that seems contradictory to want to please people because if you uh, the people pleasers I know are like there is no off switch, and then they end up being exhausted. What is your what is your feeling about expectations? Like you brought candy or you brought boxes of something here just as like a nice you like really want to please people. So I'm wondering is does it is the managing expectations that run up against that? I always want to try my best to make sure that everybody's good. You know, that's always my thing. Are you good? Everybody good? Just you know. And unfortunately the managing expectations part is because once I feel like I've done everything in my power to try to keep people happy or comfortable is, you know, once I feel like I am done and people still want more, that's when I find myself in this weird situation of like, okay, well, what was I supposed to do? How could I have handled that differently? Is it me or is this person just greedy? Is yeah. this person taking advantage? And so unfortunately, I found a lot of situations where people were taking advantage and they did expose my my generosity and just the way that I am. And so that's why it's it's hard trying to figure out what it is, you know, what it is that people want. I try to just automatically assume that uh, if I'm a certain way or if I try to just you know, be welcoming and, and giving of my time, my energy and my my, my good energy, not like um, oh, I had a fucked up weekend, but more so like, hey, man, yeah. how are you? And people are still not happy with that. That's when I find myself having to like figure out, all right, OK, so what do I got to do? Did you used to go like a way past your comfort? Absolutely. And I would just I would beat myself up like, why? what am I doing wrong? It was always what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Not is this person just a greedy prick? Not is this person an asshole who just can't? You know, and it's funny, take, the more take, successful take, take, you take. get, it's not clearer. No, it's actually it gets blurrier and blurrier. Yeah. And and someone asked me the other day, they said, uh, you know, success is all good. Having money is all good. Is there anything you miss from not having money? And I said, you know what I miss from not having money is I never had to question who my real friends were. There was never any doubt. I knew yeah. exactly who my friends were. Whereas now it's like, oh, you know, you 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 meet so many people because of what you get to do and you're exposed to the planet. And it's it's really easy to meet people, but it's really hard to figure out what people's intentions are. What's their agenda? What do they want from you? And that's why I, I always try to just let me just let me just be welcoming and giving out the gate so that hopefully I, I, I hit that mark before they ask for it. I see this two ways because I find myself in it and I've I've seen other people go through it. I think that as comics, we tend to be self-centered, right? Kind of necessary for the job it just, or the disposition or you you just get used to the positive feedback and you're kind of like, I, 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 can I get this kind of all the time <laughs> a little bit? So we're selfish and self-centered. And then if we bring other people into our lives, we kind of, it's all kind of still about us, our, our career and our, like, I did this and I did, I'm going to be here and I'm going to, you should come and whatever, whatever. So we're selfish. And then, so then they, not not like they don't have a choice, but they get sucked into the life. They get sucked into your life a little bit. Like it becomes like rock had the joke about like, they're playing tambourine for you. You know what I mean? So we're selfish and then they go, well, all you do is talk about yourself and your career anyway. So I might as well get something from it. And then we go like, you're all you care about is my career. And it's like, same to you. 
all you care about or me and a lot of other people i know it's like we are very career centric and self-centered so i i can see both sides how do you uh gauge your selfishness uh i've actually you know and and it's funny because yeah it a lot of times it's uh it's about you know what we do as entertainers and then anytime i feel that i've tried to separate and make it about someone else and what they're doing and you know, whatever else is going on in their lives, they're the ones that wind up bringing it back to me, you know? So it's like, yeah, no, no, well, no, let's, you know, let's, yeah. let's go into, let, let's, let's, let me focus on, on, on your world and let's, you know, talk. And, and, and for some reason it just winds up coming back to me. Cause they probably get insecure. And so that's, then I'm like, okay, so, uh, you know, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Like, I, I had a conversation with my brother yesterday and uh, I haven't spoken to him in over 11 years. So it's kind of Been funny there. that Been there. Funny that, that I'm here today talking <laughs> about it. And the entire conversation, you know, never once did I bring up my career, what I'm doing. And all he kept talking about was my career, yeah. what I'm doing. And, oh, when you and your cars and this and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I didn't talk about why are you bringing this up? I haven't yeah. spoken to you in 11 years. You know, can we, can we catch up? How are you? What's going on with you? It's hard because everywhere he, he goes. He spun it immediately back to me. And I'm just like, so even if I try, I find myself, uh, you know. That's hard. But I will say um, it's interesting. Your life's interesting. You know what I mean? And a lot of places your brother or family goes, you come up. So when they see you, they kind of, there's that thing of like, they when they see you, they resent you. Because everywhere they go, you come up. And then they're also like proud and maybe envious and there's just a lot of emotions that come up when it's in managing expectations are you direct about it or are you more like hey, it's tell- you know you know it's hard to be direct because anytime you're direct you hurt feelings you make yeah. people feel uncomfortable and yeah. then they start going oh well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah okay well i guess it's like that you know it's like come on really you can't just have a conversation you can't mm-hmm. can, can we at least talk about the fact that this is getting a little weird versus mm-hmm. you just you know being defensive and coming at me so that is very challenging and it's it's hard to be direct uh definitely if i'm drinking i'm very direct <laughs> but for the most part i'd rather not deal with problems when i'm when i'm having a you know a couple drinks i try being as as nice and as subtle hoping that they get the hint and sometimes people are just you know they're stuck in their ways and and you have to eventually you know all right dude here and then you got to hit them with it and Hopes, you know, hopefully they they get it and they respond to it in a positive way, seeing that you've already made all these different efforts to try to communicate your point across to them. Uh, but sometimes they don't. And then that's yeah. when you got to deal with, well, I'm out. Well, OK, well, then that's how it is. And then you get ghosted for uh, however long. And then maybe they eventually go, well, can we talk? And then hopefully yeah. you can you can. Find yeah, you have to. Ground. The older you get, the more you cycle through, like you're going to have feelings. That's going to take a few months. <laughs> then you'll come back. We'll be better. We won't have the same problem. We may have a new problem. <laughs> then we'll have to deal with that. I, I try my best to ask questions to the uh, people that are around me. I, I always, hey, man, how you doing? What's going on uh, Going on in your life? And I, and I listen to people's, you know, the, the good that's going on and the, the bad that's going on. And I try to anticipate a potential conversation or something that might come down the pike. And so uh, I'm, I'm usually pretty like, hey, man, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with some stuff. Why don't you take a day off? You know, especially the people that work for me or or, or hey, man, here's some, you know, here's some uh, gift certificate. Why don't you take the wife to a movie or some this or that? You know, so I, I, I listen and I try to 
um, get got, ahead of it. You do that AMC movie I thing try to, where you get to see as many movies as you can for 30 I've days. never done that one, but it sounds really cool. I would <laughs> have loved, really I would have loved yeah. that. Are you able to like keep employees for a long time? You know what? Uh, I have two, two employees that were my best friends in high school, and uh, they've, they're still there. Great. They're still there. And above all, the, the loyalty is just incredible. They, you know, there's, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Because I've, I've had other Because they're people. not good at their jobs. I've, Let's be I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say that they're really not bad. good. I'm not going to say that they're not good. They really, take a lot of pride, really but I have bad. had uh, other people uh, work for me that, that would complain and say, oh, they should be doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this. But you know what? Those people are no longer here. Yeah. So yeah. what wins? What well, that wins? is the interesting thing of like, loyalty it's like you can in kind of business, figure it it's out huge. yeah it's huge and you who's can also not gonna, who's not going to stab you in the back right who's yeah. not going to steal from you who's not going to take advantage of certain things yeah so i'm very lucky that i still have friends that that were my friends before comedy friends that were my friends before i had anything the friends that were with me when i was broke yeah you know so that's i cherish them very much and uh you know that's great and are there any friends that you left that you could go back and get? Be like, come, come be my driver. Or I something. think I think that there's uh, there's people that have you know entered our lives and 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 you know been removed from our lives for whatever reason, and sometimes there's an opportunity to go back and and find a, a place if there's if if they want to be involved. But uh, a lot of times, I feel like anytime someone exits your life, it's probably for something that's not good. And, I have uh, a question, which is based on what we're talking about, because your second block is losing relationships. Are you ever wrong? Absolutely. And do you? I'll tell be the, the first people? to admit it. I, I'm, I'm the first to admit whenever I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, How I, long does it take? Well, it takes as long as it it takes me to uh, figure out. Ooh, okay. But could it be like years later? It can be years yeah. later. Absolutely. And you've called up and be like, I was dead wrong. And yeah, I don't know. There's some stuff that went down uh, 11 years ago uh, with with my mom and and the siblings and and stuff that I feel like I could have done better in hindsight. But at the time, I, I was very passionate, emotional, uh, and you know, at the same time, I'm trying to juggle this career. And so, yeah, the decisions I made back then probably weren't the best. And it did take me some time to come to grips with the fact that, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done or said that. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to, to Did say Did they it. accept your apology? It's weird because I think that for me, if, if I'm going to, you know, bear the soul and apologize and let you know that, hey, everything you said was absolutely right. I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. I'm terribly sorry. Man, uh, if we can hang out again, I would make it a, a, a mission to never put myself or us in this situation again. If I bear my soul and I apologize. We're never going to have another and mom they, that dies. And they, well, you, you know have what? my word. <laughs> Stop it. And <laughs> if they accept, but then they continue to beat me up, yeah. then it's like, yeah, 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 you know yeah. what? Eat a yeah. dick. Yeah. Eat a dick. I just told you you're right. And you still want to kick me. It's hard though, dude. You know, so it's like it's like you ever hear I the I whatever the term sore winner. Some people are sore winners. Uh, I can be a sore winner sometimes. Where it's like I you I've I had a girlfriend one time where I go this is a three apology infraction. I'm gonna need an apology today, and then another one toward the end of the week. 
and then another one next there's, month. There's more because I'm. It's my own pettiness, but like, but I, I, but that's good that you apologize. Yeah, but but I'm saying like, once a person accepts, you you already hugged it out, and they still <laughs> you can't go back. And then and then they still wanna, and you know what? And they and and they, if they still continue to yeah, then it's like, well, why? Well, why do? Why are we even sitting down? Why are we talking? Why did I take the time to? agree with all your points and and say you're right you're right you're right you're right you're right how's information travel in your family oh, meaning God. just gossip it's yeah it's a family yeah. Yeah, we're mexican dude we, we that's our that's our thing gossip cheesemate we love to gossip we love good cheesemate cheesemate is gossip and so uh yeah if somebody does something to the family uh it, it word gets you know there's one aunt one sister boom they start you know i think that's most families because uh. there's no there's no healthy it's all power. Oh, and, and by the way, it's super toxic. Oh, super toxic. Oh, the whole family, or Not, just that portion of it? Well, the the there's a lot of shit stirs in the family. Yeah, oh. and uh, you know, yeah. no one's really trying. To, how can we? How can we put this together? How can we make this work? It's usually the the younger generation in the family. The older ones, they they're just stuck in their ways, and they're just gonna freaking come out swinging daily the nieces and nephews matter. are the future i mean like that just happened in my family they all went to ireland i didn't go and my brothers and sisters were sparring like i knew they would and but my nieces and nephews had like the best time because they've kind of been kept from each other because of the parent relationships and then they're all together like uh, they're all fucking insane let's us have fun well in the younger generation too they were the ones that were told to shut up and listen pay attention and that's what they did. And they've had the time to watch all the drama between all the older siblings mm -hmm. and aunts and uncles. So they can already put piece put together. Uh, they're all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, exactly what happened in my family. Yeah. See, whites and Mexicans, we're not so different after all. Yeah. Just so we're all kinds of fucked up. Take down the wall. <laughs> Take down the <laughs> hey, wall. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, you know, you're being crazy. The emotional wall. Now Come on. Oh, hey. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, okay. And what have you done in terms of losing relationships? Are you philosophical about it? What, like, what do you think of your mom, your dad? Like, what do you think of, like, I know your mom passed. What do you make of it? What do you make of like life, death, big, like the big questions? Well, the relationships that are no longer here because of death or because of bad Either choices. One. Either I one. I mean, you know, you can't help the the death one. Uh, death is, is inevitable. It's all, it's going to happen to all of us. So it's kind of one of those. I have an, uh, I have an anti-aging doctor. I'll hook you nice. up. Nice. Uh, little yeah, stem yeah, cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> down the street. Um, there's uh, I've had a few deaths in the family or just deaths in general that that affected me. Clearly, my mom was one of them. And it's, you know, in the beginning is when it's the the hardest. But you got to find ways to to cope and get through it. I talk about my mom a lot in my shows, and I feel like that's helped me out a lot because it's my way of just constantly still talking about her and keeping yeah. her you know, memory in, in, in my mind and stuff. And I always like to highlight the the good that she did in my in my shows i'll point out a couple of fucked up things too but uh for me that's how i've i've managed to deal i've never had um i didn't get a chance to go to the funeral that was part of the big fight oh you're kidding yeah I'm kidding. No. people and, didn't like and, that well, <laughs> well what's the matter you yeah. were doing a show people didn't care for that that no. sounds like something a family could really rally behind you know <laughs> my uh well my excuse for not going to the funeral was because I was very much upset with my brother and I felt like me showing up was gonna 
not be productive. It wasn't going to be helpful. It was going to be very loud. It was going to be passionate. It was going to be dramatic. It could potentially have gotten violent because of the level of just uh, frustration and and just like bitterness that was uh, going on at that time. So that's one of those things that I'm still dealing yeah. with and I'll have to live with for the rest of my life. But uh, dealing with relationships that are no longer around as far as like uh, things went south, uh, I always question, all right, well, what led to that? Mm-hmm. And that usually helps me process and helps get get me through. Am I in a better place now because this person is no longer in my life? Yes or no. And if I feel like my life is worse off, then what did I do wrong? How can I uh, fix or or change the uh, whatever it was that made this person leave. I'm very self-aware that, you know, if I'm the problem, then, you know, I, I get it. Sorry, I didn't, you know. Do you ever go like, I'm the problem and I can't change? That was an easy cop-out back in the day. That was definitely something I would say. Gabe, it can be an easy cop-out today. Uh, Gabe, listen to me. You could still use it. <laughs> I think it also depends on on how much value you have for the person, you know, for the other person, for the other person. Yeah, yeah that's that's when you're willing to. All right. Look, um, I, I get that certain things that I do might not be beneficial to uh, the, the, you know, keeping this relationship where it should be. And and then you have to uh, do the math. All right. What brings you what's going to make you happier? The whatever it is that's that's that you're doing that bothers this person or letting go of whatever it is that bothers them in order to maintain this. And uh, yeah, that's a, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Cause there there's, you know, you always want someone that's just going to accept you for you. But then at the same time you put yourself in their shoes and you, you're like, yeah, all right. Maybe I'm a little selfish right now. Right. But <laughs> maybe, you, maybe, I'm, maybe I could just quit that. Did you change? And were you kind of like, like a little kid cleaning his room? Like, Oh, all like, right, like, fine. Like, I'll oh. be on time or whatever the problem was. Uh, the problem was is that the the damage was already done. So once I was in a position where I says, you know what, let me let me just try to let me make this change. It was a little too late. Got it. And what was know. her name? Kidding. Uh, um. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I but I do feel grateful that that person is still in my life, not in the same way. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you know, I think we're all we've, focusing we're, who this probably is. Yeah. You know. Uh, fortunately, we're we're both a little bit more grown, a little bit more mature, and can look back and go, okay, you know, it was fun when it was fun. It wasn't fun when it wasn't fun. And moving forward, uh, can we just uh, can we at least be friends and civil? And I, I feel very uh, you know happy that it, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, it's not what it was, but you know, what is, yeah. Um, I know we're having this cryptic conversation. No, well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, mm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but it, it is, it is, uh, change is hard, always hard. No matter who you are, change is always hard. And, um, admitting that is, is probably the, the first part. And then what are you going to do about it is like, all right. Okay. Here's a question. I went to listen to you talk and are there people if they heard this podcast, would be rolling their eyes. No, because I think that I've been very honest okay, about, you have about everything. And it's especially the me admitting that I can be wrong. Me saying that I can be wrong. I can be, you know, because I'll look at things logically. I'll, I'm, I'll be passionate in the beginning, but then I got to take a step back and go, all right. Okay, that doesn't make, yeah, all right, I was just loud. So if somebody's going to roll their eyes, uh, then yeah, I ha- I'd have to question, like, did you even hear what I said? 
You know, whether your New Year's resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you like delivered right to your door. Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm-fresh ingredients and everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. Uh, I did it, guys. I did HelloFresh and they have a lot of tofu things. I like tofu. They have a lot of chickpea things. You know, I like chickpeas. They had mushroom. They had they had great food, and they had stuff that actually I wanted. A lot of times, vegan food is like punishment, not punishment. Not a great slogan, but it's not punishment. Go to HelloFresh.com/slash/neilfree, N-E-A-L-F-R-E-E, and use code NEILFREE, N-E-A-L-F-R-E-E, for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash N-E-A-L-F-R-E-E and enter code N-E-A-L-F-R-E-E. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Simple Pleasures is a block for you. Is that a good block or a bad block? It's a good block. Uh, I find that, you know, every now and then I'll I'll get a wild hair up my butt and I'll go buy a, a stupid car that I don't need and... Uh, yeah, I'm happy the day of, and I'll drive it around. It's great. But then the next day it's like, eh, okay, no, all right. Whereas having a good conversation and laughing with uh, a friend or even meeting someone new and just be like, oh, wow, I I met somebody like I was getting a coffee and I had this good conversation. We're talking about the game and having a a nice, uh, pure moment that has nothing to do with my career. These just little tiny little nuggets. Uh, if I, you know, uh, um, I'm at the ATM or something, and and you know, uh, someone's being really cool, or just like, oh man, look at that, you know, you, or you see somebody doing something nice. I saw this guy give bring food to a homeless guy at, at Chipotle. He was outside, and here you go, buddy. I got this for you. I'm like, how cool is that, man? Look at that. There's still humans. There's still people that give a shit and have have hearts and are kind. I go, that was really nice. That guy did that, and now and I got to see that. I got to see a a pure simple moment that cost me nothing. So I just got to see moments, a, a pure simple moment where you pronounce Chipotle appropriately, which I only hear white people say it. So it was exciting. When you Chipotle. say one more Chipotle, well, I could say it any different way. I could say no, chi- no, no. Chipotle or Chipotle. Yeah, no, it's. I could it's put a little exciting. Antonio Banderas on it. Chipotle. It, it's yeah. pretty exciting <laughs> as a white person to hear it said with all the flair. So it's so little moments that that, yeah. that bring a smile to you that like wow. Do you still buy the car and all that dumb shit? I will. You? I do. Yeah, I'll show you in the parking lot if you come outside. No, thank. I'm kidding. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I live here. Um, yeah. The yeah. And do you? Is that a real thing, or is that you being a rich guy going like the human touch? is a thing I miss that I don't get to feel anymore. And now when I share a small moment, or is it just like you were always, uh, you always liked people and you always liked small moments with people? I've always liked small moments with people and being able to just engage and be cool. You know, no one wants to argue. No one wants to, uh, at least I don't. I don't want to detach myself from everyone. I always try to, you know, be close and around people but sometimes you sometimes you need to back up so i do miss having like you know moments with people and just simplicity i love simplicity when i have my dogs with me dude it's just like 
you know, my dogs don't give a shit what I do. They just want to come up and they just want to look at me. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. yeah. like a little simple moment, simple pleasure. Yeah. 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 It's not a it's not a rich guy saying that. That's the yeah. guy that just, you know, hey, man, I like, like my dogs. If I see somebody walking their dogs, you know, like, oh, you know, just yeah. a moment like that where it can be like, oh, what kind is it? You know, I, I ask questions if I'm at a pet smart or something. And, you know, so animals definitely bring. Do you me a have a of, kid? Uh, I have a son. And how old's the son? Uh, he's going to be 26 this year. Oh, wow. So he's like an adult. According to the law. <laughs> he's my Feels kid. Feels loaded to he's, me. He's my kid. He's my kid. And do you, <laughs> did you have a bit about him? You did, right? I've had tons of bits okay. about him over the years. And I told him uh, the reason why I talk about you is because you don't listen. So yeah. this is the only way that I could, I could get my point across. Does he get the point across? <sighs> well, he wears deodorant now. So yeah. Oh, that's because that really was one funny. of the one of the things I used to vent about was that he would never wear deodorant. That's really funny because you know it, when you get to what like you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, that's when you start all of a sudden having these aromas coming out of you. Yep, yeah, they they come out hard. They and they're it's also like a a note like a scent that you it like it's so distinct from like a fourteen year old like your bo when you're that age. It's just like. Atrocious. Um, and was that must be well, I guess he's an adult, but was the him raising him like was that a lot of moments of that? Like my, small my, moments. My whole thing with him was, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I always reminded him, hey, look, I'm out here working. And when I work, it makes it so that there's a roof over your head, food in your belly, and things for you to play with. Mm-hmm. I was always telling him, look, I never yell at you. I don't hit you. And that I don't know why I always made that a point to say to him, <laughs> hey, look, I never hit you. I never hey, yell at you. Right? right. So can you just please do certain like that was always the way I'd start the conversation. Can you just can you please do that? Look, we all know I can don't you, hit can you. you. Can you please? Do, <laughs> were you, and I, and I were still you, tell him that. Don't forget, I never hit you. Were you smacked a lot as a kid? It's not that I was smacked a lot, but I did see a lot of people get hit by their parents. Yeah. You know, I grew up during, you know, we grew yeah. up during that time where, hey, man, you got to keep your kids in check. Yeah. You know, there was no timeout. No. No, that was, you know, it was like, all right. Yeah. yeah. And do you think there's something to that way to raise kids? You can go either way with that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with people, you. Some people will say definitely, but then there's some people that will abuse that. I I saw both growing up. I saw some people that it, it kept their kids in line, and they're better better people because of it. It it yeah. reminded them to it reset them. Hey, there's you got to be a certain way. You know, be respectful, be kind, be this, be that. But then there's others that, you know, unfortunately the parents went a little overboard, and now those those people are messed up. So there's that fine line. Did of, of you know discipline. anyone whose parents did bits about them? No. <laughs> How did no. that? So, so me talking about my son was my way of, and I, and I used to say it too. I was like, I says, I don't hit him. I don't yell at him. I go, but I will embarrass him. And then my son goes, dad, that's called shaming. I go, hey, you know what? It was a different time. Yeah. Right? It's a long time ago. <laughs> was just, a, we're talking 12 years ago. It was, a, it was a different time. It we was, had no shame back then. Yeah. But yeah, I, again, but now you can't shame nobody because it's like, oh, oh see yeah, you it's are, like, so I, how are we going to learn? That's what I understand. It's like, how do you learn? Shaming, uh, physical violence isn't the best, but it's like not, it kind of works, works in China, um, for instance, uh, and shaming, how do you, uh, a lot of these things take a level of, uh, emotional equ- equanimity you know what i mean like emotional smoothness on the part of the parent and time and people don't got time and they're 
they're hopped up. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody like you need to talk to them. Well, no, clearly talking didn't work. And this yeah. is why we've gone to level B on NC. But yeah. you can't do that now. You got to stay at A. And you got to stay fail. at A. And then, yeah. And then just watch the kids walk all over the parents so that, you know, when you're at the store and you see the kids acting up, that didn't happen back then. No. The, the acting up did happen for a minute. And then all of a sudden, you know, it didn't happen because, you know, they were put in their place. Yeah. And the kid didn't talk for a year and a half. Yeah. But but the point was made. <laughs> the point was made. Very different now. Very um, different now. But uh, yeah, my son's 26. And uh, I still uh, I still from time to time we'll, we'll talk about him. Yeah. in my shows but I, I try not to be uh you know i'm not beating him up about it but you know every now and then i, I share a story yeah why not uh one of your, your final block is the past meaning meaning well like we said earlier when i was talking about how um you know there's certain things in the past that uh still haunt me the the thing with my mom is definitely a big one should uh, you have gone to the funeral in hindsight yes do i think i would have done something stupid absolutely and would I be paying for that now? Probably. So, you know, it's kind of one of those like, uh, I miss all could the years. Could you have sat in the balcony? You know what I mean? Is there a way you could have? You know, you always play those scenarios. Leash. Adult leash, <laughs> and, right? A leash on you. Is there anything that you could have, that could have prevented it? You getting crazy. You know what? I thought about like, who could I have had with me yeah. to have kept me in check or kept me from doing something dumb and no one no one could have could there was no leash that that could have kept me from acting out i feel like there's no question i would have acted out would you today no no absolutely you're just more absolutely mature. not Ab yes you could go to the who you are today could go to the yes. funeral and would know to control yourself yes absolutely. what's the difference the difference is now i understand the bigger picture whereas back then i made it about me I made it about my feelings and what was going on with me versus looking at the overall. Like, this was my mom. I yeah. should have been there, regardless of how I felt about my siblings or what feuds were going on or, or the level of, of, of rage or frustration that I was dealing with. You know, today I would make it about, I would remove myself from it and make it about the greater moment versus, you know. Are you are you're skinnier than you were? Right. Yes. Uh, my heaviest, I was 437 pounds. There was a point in time where people kept saying, oh, man, I, I tell my friends all the time. I said, I can't believe I took a picture with Ralphie May. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was a point in time where Ralphie and I were, were right there, man. And I'm like, oh, God. Hey, That's very you know, I had, a, I had a few times where people called me Ralphie May and I'm just like, all right. Well, all when right, he died, Ralph, were you like, OK, at that, should... well, at that point, I was we were already uh, hundreds of pounds apart. Got it. Of pounds apart. Got uh, it. And like I said, my heaviest was you were up to six hundred. Kidding. I got four thirty seven was the heaviest. Now I'm probably around around three fifty. Is that where you do you have a goal with that, or do you even are you like I'm good? I've been I've been this weight for a few years now. Um, I mean, you know, I I, I rock a, a monitor for my diabetes, so I keep my sugar in check. Great. I see the doctor all the time. Doesn't mean that I'm you know that I'm healthy. But I'm a lot more uh, at least uh, aware. And, you know, I take my meds and, you know, I'm constantly getting checkups. Could I work out more? Absolutely. Could I eat better? Of course I could. Uh, I make no excuses. How do you think of it? Do you just think of like, it's my life. It's my body. I want to just like. I just don't want to work out. I, uh, <laughs> it's simple. I just, fuck, I don't want to sweat and go and lift shit. Uh, you know, I'm comfortable in this room with air conditioning and the recliner I just bought. It's nice. What's funny is most people are like you. America. Yeah. yeah. That's most people that's most people's attitude. 
And do you feel like if your life's shorter, fuck it? It's hard, it's hard to say it Because I'm like... It's I'm, hard to say it out loud, but I think that I, a lot of people think that. Like, I don't want to say it out loud, but a part of me is kind of like, eh. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to start working out and all of a sudden Russia gets pissed off. <laughs> I like, like how you keep bringing... Why did I go to bring the gym? A, you bring know? Russia into it. Like, I could work out, but could, Russia... But Russia, man. <laughs> uh, the aliens showed up. Yeah, I don't like know. The al- uh, like, aliens are coming. I keep here. I don't want to waste my time. COVID-32, man. Yeah. You got to enjoy life. You know? Yeah. Well, no, but I'm I'm curious as... Because I'm, like, very health-conscious, vegan, et cetera. So don't really drink. Don't smoke, it or whatever. Of course, because of comedy, I'll die way before you. Just because that's how life's funny like that. But I would... I feel like uh, I wish I had a little more attitude of like, ah, fuck it. It's fun. <laughs> like life's fun and it should be fun. And like if it means I'm not the right way to the right glycemic level, mm-hmm. eh, what are you going to do? I'm I'm trying to still uh, have fun, even though I feel like every year that I get older, I'm like, and I'm starting to do things. Ah, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know what? I don't need to go to that party. It's, it's late. There, ah, there was a shooting last time. Let me just stay. So like, I'm starting to make decisions like that. The Russians got there and we're shooting everybody. Yeah, go they were ahead. blasting everybody, dude. <laughs> fucking Putin. So I'm starting to like change in that way. So I, 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 I see eventually I'm gonna get to that. Let me just walk into Whole Foods real quick and see what this is all about. You know, I don't doubt that I'm, I'm gonna get to that place. But right now I'm still like, eh. And you haven't had any, like, scare? Like, you haven't had, like, a thing that made you go, I need to change? I've had a bunch of scares. Uh, And you you drove right past them. Uh, You know (laughs) what? Unfortunately, I was that person who was smoking a cigarette, and the doctor told him, if you don't stop, you're going to get lung cancer and die. And I was that stubborn person. Well, I'm like, well, you know, it's my life. Was it literally cigarettes or it was food? No, no, no. I, I never I never smoked cigarettes. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Of course, it's food. Uh, but, you know, going to the Duh. doctor and, and dealing with anxiety, depression, freaking diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, high blood pressure. So... You take a lot of shit. I take cholesterol because I, I, it's yeah, natural. I take, yeah. you know, like Lozartan and I take a couple of different things to, to regulate my sugar. But yep. uh, again, uh, I'm a different weight and I'm dealing with things differently. Whereas before... I wasn't taking any medication. Got it. There was none. There was Were no, you supposed to be there, and you weren't taking it? Probably. Or just... I, I didn't want to. Like when the doctor told me you're diabetic, I'm like, eh, I figured. I wasn't <laughs> even like concerned. It was, there was not like a, not me. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, okay, well, that explains the blurry vision. You know, that explains why I get sleepy. You had the blurry vision. Because oh, yeah. I had friends that had the blurry vision. Yeah. And it was like, dude. That's scary. You, I'm sure. Like, that, that'll freak it, you You out. get like blind for a sec, right? You look at the TV and then you'll you'll hit guide to see what show you want to watch. And then you're like, whoa. And it's just, it's fuzzy. And so I realized that, um, like, I would go a week without eating bread or pasta or candy. And, like, I would notice a difference in my vision. You could see the my, guide very quickly. That's really funny. My sugar would come back down and, and it would it would level off. And, and, yeah, my vision would get better. So I could tell. And you got to watch, you got to catch up on your Law and Order episodes, probably, because you knew yeah. when it was coming on. Uh, yeah, man. So, well, so when the doctor told me the first time uh, that you know my health was out of control, I didn't take it serious because I was younger, and I figured I'm good, I'll deal with it later. And you also have like, ah, it's kind of my brand. Oh, I got, I got the. I art was afraid made. of that in the beginning. I got the art made. I was, I was afraid of that in the beginning, but I think now at this point, if I was to lose, you know, if I was only 180 pounds. 
and I was, I was thin, I'd, I'd be okay. You know, it's like, it's big, also it's like big boy. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like the personality's already there. No yeah. matter what, if he's 600 pounds or, or 200 pounds, he's still big boy. Yeah. It, energetically, you're fluffy. Yeah. And another thing about the past, not just like a situation with mom or things that like I've had the past come back to me. Like I, I recently in the last year uh, reunited with my dad, who I haven't seen in 15 years. And before what was that, that like? Uh, you know what? I, I, I feel like this version of me was able to handle it. I was very respectful. I was able to make it a productive uh, reunion versus the person that I probably was 15 years and ago. And you you had monologues written back then of the ways he oh, fucked yeah, you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You should have. Where were you and all that. What's crazy is that my father himself was an entertainer. He was a singer and he was touring. And so it was interesting to talk to him knowing that that was his career and having that understanding of like, well, shoot, maybe it was my mom. You know, it's like maybe that's she really was the funny. one. So it's kind of yeah, like. Yeah, that uh, that's a funny point Maybe she in was life the crazy one like, who wouldn't let it go. Like she was the one yeah. stalking him at the shows because I know because I've had those situations where it's like, yeah, no, I don't feel the same way. You know, oh. Well, yeah, it's like it's you have to like each other the same amount or it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like, are you entirely sympathetic to your dad or you're just more open to the idea? I'm that more it may open be a to the idea. Plus, he's 80 years old now. And, and you could tell like with him, the way he would look at me, like there's so much just like you could see a lot of regret in his eyes. A lot of just, God, I wish I could have done things differently. It's it's not like uh, I've heard of situations where, you know, people meet their parents or whatever that. They, they didn't get a chance to have a, a relationship with and they're just kind of like whatever like you could see the pain in this man's eyes and like when I give him a hug it's just like he wanted to dissolve in my arms because he's just like oh my god like, like he's you know there's there's no so it's much funny because at certain 15 years ago I don't you think that I could have done that right and you, or you would you would have been the dissolver you would have been the one who's no. like you were just no, mad. I would have been pissed. I would have. Just, okay. I would have still had that that chip on my shoulder. But again, there's two sides to every story. And now knowing the lifestyle and just what it's like, uh, what the expectations from people are, and who knows what his life was back then. It's not like he had two families or anything. Not that I know of, anyway. But um, I don't know. Also, singer last name Iglesias. Plus, I, I think and my not mom, being my mom Julio. also wanted him to to stop. Being on the road and performing, she wanted him to be get like a regular job and be home, kind of a thing. Were they like together together? <sighs> well, I we never had like a three of us in the house for more than like maybe a couple weekends out of the year. So yeah. it was like I didn't, I don't know him every day. Him taking me to school, like no, it was just you. Oh, he's here. Okay, he's got to go. Was he like a hero, or it was just like some guy? You know what? My brother was more my hero than anything because he was the one that was there on the regular, yeah. not my dad. So I was like, all right. And I never missed him because, like, how do you miss someone that's you know how, you can't yeah. miss something that you, you never had? And you're so in a weird way, you're it's almost like you're parenting him a little bit for his like he's got the he's the one who's emotionally fucked up about it. And you're like, nah, it's okay, buddy. You know. So when I did talk to him, uh, what was important to me was to just let him know that I didn't hate him. How did the meeting come about? Uh, the meeting came about because I had a cousin in Mexico who reached out to me and uh, she's like, hey, you know, I'm your cousin, this and this and that. And I'm like, Ugh, what do you want? Yeah, how you know, much? How yeah. much? And it turns out that cousin's a doctor and she's like, I don't want anything from you. I just want to let you know. I have uh, cholesterol medication for you. to Nice, free. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. Very cheap. I heard. 
So she tells me that, you know, she you know, hangs out with my dad regularly and that I come up in conversation and uh, she's like, you know, his birthday's coming up. Uh, do you want me to send him a message for you or anything? She was just, you know, reaching out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, tell him I said, hi, uh, hope he's well. I figure there's no harm in that. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, hey, let's hang out. Let's do this. Let's do that. But when he got the message that I said hello and I wished him well, all of a sudden that sparked something there to want to have a, hey, can we, you know, and then I found that I have two sisters. Mm. That I had never met, and so there was a thing. So where, young is is that included in the six, or you're? No, that's in addition to. So like right. younger sisters. And okay, it's funny right. because I'm the youngest of six, yeah. but I'm the oldest of three on his yeah. side. Funny thing, I I got my first ever show in Mexico. First of all, congratulations. Yeah, I got my first ever show in Mexico, and so I thought that was a great. Uh, time what are you? Where are you? What are you to, doing? I was in Mexico City performing. But were you doing an arena? What were you? What kind of venue? It was a big theater. It wasn't an arena. I'm not saying it like, no, no, hey, no, no. what? Do you, how big? No, no, no. I'm just uh, wanting, It was just. It was a, in it was a English, theater. Spanish, English. Great. English. I speak Spanish, but performing in Spanish is way different. Yeah. And I, I, I you got to wear sequins, I, I think, right? I think in, you have to yeah, wear a right. lot of sequins. A lot of sequins, like feathers. feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't about it. Uh, the original idea for us to uh, hook up to talk was I, I wanted to actually invite him to the Dodger Stadium taping. Uh, I thought, hey man, you know, uh, have him parachute in. That was the plan. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> No, I thought that, hey, look, your, your kid turned out okay. Not yeah. only did it turn out okay, you know, I thought that would be a part of me was like, ah, it was too much of a spectacle. You know, maybe that's not the best way to come back in, you know, like, hey. Yeah. yeah. And also talking about jumping the shark. Yeah. It's like, how do you, how do you just go get something to eat after that? Yeah, it's, it's hard. Listen, yeah. Where should I go? We'll go to Pink's. Meet you at Staples? No, yeah. we're just going to go to a restaurant. We're going to Cheesecake Factory, Dad. Um, did so, so we hooked up in, in Mexico and I got to meet my sisters. We did a whole dinner. It was, it was really, really nice. It was great conversations with everybody. And we all just kept looking at each other because it's like, you know, the features that my, my father and I, like as a kid, you can kind of see it. But as adults, man, the eyebrows are this bushy, the same type of eyes, you know, the cheeks yeah. that you can't see. Is he funny? He's very, very charismatic. Yeah. He's very charismatic. Uh, He's he's really he's witty. He's super yeah. witty, and he's he, he can engage with the whole table. He's got a real nice presence about yeah. him, and so I can see why my mom, uh, you know, aside from you, you know, you look at his old pictures, man, the guy's a good looking dude. So you understand why she's loving him? Yeah, I was like, hey, man, you know, no, no hard. <laughs> my uh, mom told me one time about how she's, as soon as I saw your father, I knew he could hang his pants on my uh, on my nightstand. I remember she said. <laughs> In Spanish, it sounds cooler. In English, it just sounds still weird. sounds pretty. Well, it's kind of gross, but like, <laughs> but I like it from a mom. You're like, all right, um, that. And do you feel? Do you feel wholer from being having your dad around? Did it feel like a? It it did feel like. Uh, Had you healed it before you got in touch with him? Do you yes, know what I mean? I, I was good. I was good. I'm like, look, uh, you know, it's easy to say woulda, shoulda, coulda, but. Man, I turned out okay. Not only did I turn out okay, I'm I'm doing very well, and I don't feel like I'm a fucked up person for not having you in my life. Uh, I I was not an a like an abusive partner. I wasn't mean to children. I wasn't like I there was nothing about didn't, his guys, absence. Didn't hit his son. Didn't hit my son. There was nothing <laughs> about him not being in my life that caused me issues other than the fact that people kept reminding me I I didn't grow up with a dad. That was what bothered me the most as a kid, you know. Where's your dad? Where's your dad? Where's your dad? And I'm like, I don't have one. I don't have, you know, oh, he doesn't have a dad. So you're always being made yeah, fun yeah, of yeah. that, you know? And I'm like, oh, shit, you know? They're the ones that paint it as something bad, but you don't know it's something bad unless somebody points it out. 
I was fine, you know. Same thing with with religion. I didn't realize that I was, you know, what you don't go to church? Yeah. Oh my god, you know. And so for me, like I like I'm doing something bad. I'm I'm supposed to go to church. Everybody says I'm supposed to go to church. So then when I bring it up to my mom, my mom's like, "No, you just need to be a good person. Be nice to people." That's all you got to worry about. Yeah, but I need a team, mom. Yeah. So by the time I got to my dad and my sister, well, how did you get all that sort of growth? Because that's one of the big questions on the podcast is like, what have you done that got you? Is it just time? Because I think time is a big one. Time is definitely a big one. And uh, I think, too, like, uh, or insights that you've gotten. When I went through my breakup with my uh, my girl, I stopped drinking for two years, and in those two years, I decided to go to therapy. I didn't want to because I'm like, ugh, every movie I've seen, it's just yeah, like, yeah. really? And then also, too, I'm like, how do I know this person's not going to start running their mouth? And, and like, yeah. you know, like, ah, oh, yeah. man, I'm, like, I'm in a position now where I don't need a TMZ moment. I don't need to be yeah. putting stuff out there. And, um, you know, I, I tried it. I actually tried couples therapy first when I we were at the tail end of our relationship, and unfortunately, you know, it just it didn't it didn't fly. But couldn't resuscitate I, the body. Nope. <laughs> uh, but there was an office right next door to the couples therapist that was just a therapist, and I gave it a shot. And uh, this first six months, you just gave fake problems though, in case to test if it was going to go to TMZ. You would just go like, "I was molested," just to see, and then you'd be like, "You know." Uh, the, well, the first, the first few times it was, it was really hard for me to open up about anything. It was just, it was more so about how much I don't trust the the person. I was like, I'm here. I'm, I want, I think I need help, but I don't know if you're the one to help me. And I don't know how much I can tell you, you know? And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. And it was all about how uncomfortable I was, uh, those first few times. And then little by little, you know, here's a question. Latina therapist. Nope. White White lady. lady. Yep. All right, white ladies, give it, pat yourselves on and the back. And for some reason, and for some reason, I don't know that I would have trusted a, a Latina well, no, therapist. I know what's interesting because like, I'm like all the Latinas I know freaking run their mouths, man. <laughs> Nobody can keep their mouth shut. They all, they all freaking lose their talk. Licenses. They don't yeah. know how to keep a secret. You're like, really? You had to put that out there? Okay, I get it. But you know, she seemed really, really cool. And uh, yeah, two years. Every single Monday, I was at the therapist. As a matter of fact, still on my calendar, it still says therapy. Yeah, it's funny. Monday nights. I never had yeah. the thing taken off. But uh, two years therapy, two years no drinking, and I, I, I'm a better person for it because I feel like I learned to listen. I learned to just reflect. I learned to ask myself questions. I learned to accept responsibility yeah. because, man, when you're in this roller coaster ride where everything you do is magic, every single week you're in front of thousands of people it. and all people tell you is how good you make them feel, how much you make them smile, how amazing it is that you're there you're walking out to cheers you're people are still waving at you when you're walking away i can't wait to see you again can i hug you can i touch dude like it's you're you're getting all of this and you do you do get to a place where you're like well well you know if people can't get on board with this because clearly i'm doing something right you know you can't argue with the masses so to be able to step away from that yeah. was huge. It was hard because I was I was consumed. Well, it's also easier. I was yes, it is. Much You're easier. very good at comedy. You're fine at relationships at best. Yeah, most and most people are fine at it. Uh huh. But like when you're very good at something, it's like oh, I gotta go do this thing I'm not good at. Yeah. And and they have expectations that I can't satisfy by just doing an impression. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> And I would tell my therapist too. I go, how come you never laugh? I go, I say some pretty funny shit in here. <laughs> she goes, 
she goes, I can't laugh. I'm a professional. I said, me too, bitch. I do this for a living. You, one chuckle would kill you? Yep. And she's like, really? A chuckle? I got, I've, a gotten chuckle? Mad at, I've gotten mad at therapists for not watching my Netflixes. Yeah, and that's like, another thing too. She she refused. I go, have you watched any of my stuff? So maybe you can understand some of the things, ideas. How hard I crush. From. <laughs> nice, right? <laughs> how hard I crush it. And she goes, no, because I don't want to. I don't want to get to know the comedian. I, I I need to get to know the person. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But you know what? I talk about myself, so maybe that would. She goes, no, you could talk about yourself here. I'm like, <sighs> stupid idiots. Okay. So so I feel like two years of therapy and two years of not drinking because when I would drink, I would use the drinking for dealing. Instead of me getting emotional about something and being productive with the feelings, I would just drink and fuck. Go, let me go to bed. Oh, you wouldn't. You just stew and then go to sleep. Yeah, or or damage. You get on your phone. You get Got drunk, it. and you know, you know what, you know what I think. And then you yeah. look at the next thing. You're like, oh god. Yeah. Not only is it is it worse now. Now there's oh man. Yeah. Were they things that you thought? Was it like, was it drunk you? Drunk like me saying, saying shit that's not even really true? Or was it true when you, it was just sharper I th- I think than that, normal? I think that there's always, uh, uh, at least half of it is is definitely true. There's definitely some random shit that I put out. Oh, that, where did that come from? Who wrote, <laughs> who had my phone? You know, you're looking at your phone, you're like, mm-hmm. that, that, that's not mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, the, the core stuff, you could tell that there was stuff that was stewing. And a, a lot of things that maybe I didn't want to. I didn't feel comfortable talking about. Again, remember, I'll always start off subtle and give clues and clues, and eventually I have to, you know, yeah. hit hard. And usually that was happening when I was drinking. You took two years off. When did you feel like I can go back to drinking? I stopped the therapy and the uh, I started drinking again once I was able to go to sleep without crying. Once I was able to, <laughs> no, seriously, that's because you know that that that's, man, that, I think that that's breakup a, that breakup messed me up, man. I was like, oh, and it's always like you always see all the things once you don't have them anymore. And so uh, I didn't that time after the breakup. I didn't want to be more of a problem, and I knew I was going to be more of a problem if I drank. Because then if I drank, then I'd wind up grabbing my phone. I'd either make a call or send a text that would make things even worse. Yeah. So I says, let me deal with this completely sober and actually make an effort to correct, uh, you know, things in my life. And so that's why it's like, all right, let me move the alcohol. Let me move the therapy because, dude, it was rough. I'm like, I, I pulled a plug on my tour for a while because I, I couldn't function. How am I going to go on stage and make wow, people dude. laugh when I'm sobbing backstage? Oh, this is where she would stand. And it was that. It was, oh, man, it was it, that it like pathetic in terms of like, it was, this is her. She liked grape it juice. It was pathetic. It was And it was pathetic. she, if we can just, earlier we were talking about the relationship. It was the thing that you tried and you just couldn't yeah. make it right. Oh. Was it mostly your fault? Yes. Not all of it. But sure, mostly. but enough. Yeah, like in the beginning, I made it all. It was all my fault. It was one hundred percent me. Yeah. And and then ther- and then her faults were reaction. Helped me, therapy helped me realize. Yeah, no, it was kind of more like seventy thirty. Yeah, mom isn't always right. Yeah. So therapy and not drinking, and then and then you knew you could drink when you didn't. Well, yeah, cry when I didn't cry like, anymore, and I was so good, funny. and I felt like you know what, I'm I'm okay, because then I had to get used to the idea of living alone, not living with someone. Yeah. Being alone, not being with someone. You know, living in a different place, not going home. You know, so those all those things that I needed to get used to. Okay, this is another question that I ask, which is, what is the upside of the all the downside? What is the upside to all the downside is I have a better understanding so that whenever I talk to people who've dealt with certain 
situations, similar situations. I have, uh, you know, there's, I'm more uh, understanding and empathetic and sympathetic to, you know, yeah. moments. And it's not just like a whatever. And if I can lend my experience of pain, help someone, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I think that, uh, you know, they always say when you get older, you know, you get wiser and hopefully you get wiser if you learn from the past. And I think that moving forward, I would definitely um, take everything that happened in my life and apply it to whatever it is that comes down the line as far as an opportunity, whether it's in relationships or career. Um, how would I approach it differently? Because now it's like, OK, what did you, you OK? You saw what you went through. What do you got to do to not make that mistake again? Yeah, there's a thing because, you know, so much of the world now is like about focusing on your problems and your trauma and all that stuff. You know, there's but, a thing but, called. So that's why the change, you know, so I, yeah. I do believe people can change, but it has to be something that you want to do. Or you ha it has to be just like obvious, like, oh, I fucked that up. I should a thing probably that I not really do that loved. again. And yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a thing called post-traumatic growth that no one ever mentions. And it's like, no, you can go through a horrible experience and be like, oh, I'm OK. I'm better. I'm, I'm not just going to feel sorry for myself or beat yourself up all the time you can be like okay let me just grow and and uh evolve as a person instead of just focusing on that last thing um and what is your goal you're kind of running out of them what is your goal for yourself not professional it can be professional but what is like what do you think your ideal state is and are you close to it the only goal i have now is to just stay alive so uh probably you know focus on on fixing the health uh not just putting band-aids uh, actually <laughs> actually like yeah but it's know, got an app and stuff it's pretty cool. it's pretty cool it it's really really is. fucking cool it really is but uh yeah man i don't you know i'd, I'd hate to uh i hate to check out before i have is to. it for you or for other people for me yeah like you just want to do for me you want to buy more cars and nice yeah do more stadiums <laughs> i want to do more shit yeah more uh, walkie-talkies the whole the whole thing that's and that's because uh, any any goal that I've set for myself as far as career goes, I've yeah. I've definitely I've I've done it, which is why I said I'm on. I, I jumped like, what am I supposed to do now? But the only thing that I've never been able to really aside from, you know, the relationship parts, which which I'm working on is is the health part. I watch a lot of the, the TikTok videos and everybody's talking about, oh, your health and fitness and this is what you got to do. And, you know, and it's, it's always coming from a, a person who doesn't know what it's like to be overweight. Yeah. It's always somebody who's they don't even know what a stretch mark is. You know, they like, oh, these fat people and I can't stand it. They're so stupid. So you've seen and, my TikTok. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, all right. Uh, it's it's been a struggle. That's been the hardest struggle. Comedy's easy. Losing. No, I know. Hard. Segura. I'll send you a clip of Segura talking about it on here because oh. it was like it. It's way. And by the way, more guys have body dysmorphia than people think. Like I have five people on here, comics that we know, like I just, yeah. And, and like the kind of the humiliation of being fat and all that stuff and like stuck in a habit and you can't get, ah, and you want to, when do I start? And I, ah, that shit of sugar, whatever weight I need to be at to, and I'm not trying to be like fitness. I'm just, whatever it takes to be non-diabetic, not have issues with my cholesterol, get off blood pressure medication. I just want to be able to wake up and uh, the only thing I got to worry about is a baby aspirin and maybe a uh, freaking fish oil. I feel like you could do you that know? in nine months. I really do. Like get, be, so you're type two. Type two diabetic. That's easy. The It's just like, like anything, 
how bad how bad do you want it you can do anything i don't say that as like ladies and gentlemen with my system i just mean <laughs> i just mean i know like you can for do for 45.95 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right now yeah right we're going to send you <laughs> yeah let's go over to gabe he's got some really hot updates um no but for real like you could dude you do you did dodger stadium you could go from type 2 to not it's just a matter of like what it's a few just to, to adjust some of the knobs yeah i know you can do it like now i'm like what now i'm like invested i'm going to text you send me send me your glucose um I, mean, I want your password for the, nice. for the glucose app <laughs> um dude i it was so great talking to you i like because i we didn't know each other very well at all we i met you like in, in passing 08, at the comedy yeah. magic yeah. yeah and then we texted when blocks came up but dude so great talking to you i hope you enjoyed it and i hope that uh people saw a different side of you thank you you're welcome let's shake hands hey, hey there you go over the top <laughs> thank you Joe.